a shocking statement to some of you that God's transformation only takes root in your life when you are obedient which means you need to put feet on your faith you need to live out the reality of what God has done and really what we have going on in this letter and the same thing that's going on in your life and in my life just like it was going on in my little Annabelle's heart is that something amazing is happening but you have a part to play in it Do you remember those infomercials for the device that would use electric pulses to tone up your muscles while you sat on the couch? From fitness to relationships, we often want the results without putting in the work. Well, as you'll learn on today's edition of Jesus is Real Radio, this is true for your spiritual life as well. Pastor Daniel shares that God wants to transform your life from the inside out, but that you have to get alongside what he's doing. Now here's Pastor Daniel and Philemon as he begins his message, The Transformation. You know, the beauty of being a parent, of course, is that you have kids. And the beauty of having kids is that you learn so much about yourself, even though you're all grown up, you're just like your kids. So like our youngest, Annabelle, she's two and almost a half years old. And she, you know, they talk about the terrible twos. Doesn't even do justice to what's going on in my home right now. It's like they need to be like a whole new phrase for little Annabelle. So just this must have happened about a couple weeks back. And Lynn was about to leave. And Annabelle, when mom's leaving, you know, like Annabelle's like, she wants to be what mom is. And so, you know, so Lynn just like, Annabelle, do you want to go with me? And, and, and Annabelle being my child, I mean, Lynn's so sweet, you know, but it's like, but then we have Obadiah and Maranatha who are like real strong people. So Annabelle's developed this really strong personality. And so Lynn's like, Annabelle, do you want to go with me? And she's like, yeah, real excited. Well, are you going to listen? No, <laughs> you know? And it was just like, it was so, it was beautiful. It was just like so honest. And she was so exuberant. Like, I'm going to go, but no, I'm not going to listen now. I bring that up because that's exactly like us, isn't it? Jesus is like, do you love me? Yeah. Are you going to listen? No. Right? Isn't that how we roll a little bit? And I bring that up because we're in this series, in this Little is the New Big series, right? And we're taking this letter to Philemon or Philemon, or I heard someone that gave me a new way to syllabify it. I can't believe I didn't think of it before. Pi-lemon. <laughs> it's good. I've especially adopted Pi-lemon. My buddy Kurt shared with that. He's like, I can't believe you didn't call Pi-lemon. I'm like, darn. So we got it now. We're doing this series, and we're finding out that there's these, in these little books of the Bible, remember there's five of them, right? Second John and Third John, Jude, Philemon and Obadiah. All those, the five little books of the Bible. But we're finding out that although that they're little, there's some big truths contained in these little books, right? Now, open up in your Bibles to Pi-Lemon, verse 12. Grab those Bibles. I want to get you there. I realize that I was joking that nobody, I don't know anybody who's got a Bible verse quoted in Pi-Lemon. 
There's not one. Like, I've never met someone. It's like it reminds me of what it says in Philemon. You know, it's like no one ever says that. So I want to get you there. I realize many people don't know where it's. So Philemon, it's the last letter of Paul's letters. It's right before the book of Hebrews. And some people believe Paul wrote the book, and some people don't believe it. And it doesn't say in the text if he did or didn't. So we're going to just go with the fact that it doesn't say, right? But maybe he did. So it's right before the book of Hebrews, and it's right in between Titus. So you have, remember, you have First and Second Timothy and Titus, those pastoral epistles, and then you have Philemon, and then you have the book of Hebrews. And Hebrews is a decently sized book there, so you can find it. Now, I bring up this story about my daughter because in a lot of ways, this book is all about what happens when Jesus invades someone's life. Like the last message I shared was called that Jesus changes everything, right? And we find that Paul is writing this letter to Philemon because God has done something. And what God has done is he's changed Onesimus, this runaway slave, and he transformed him. But here's the thing you need to know about transformation. God's transformation only takes root in your life if you're obedient. I'm going to say that again because it sounds like a shocking statement to some of you, that God's transformation only takes root in your life when you are obedient, which means you need to put feet on your faith. You need to live out the reality of what God has done. And really what we have going on in this letter and the same thing that's going on in your life and in my life, just like it was going on in my little Annabelle's heart, is that something amazing is happening, but you have a part to play in it. See, the Bible is full of that we are saved by grace apart from works, right? But because we are saved by, what that means is that you can't do anything to save yourself, right? Jesus saves you. See, Jesus died the death that we deserved in our place because Jesus's shoulders are broad enough because of the righteousness of his character to be able to handle the punishment for that sin, right? So nobody, nobody gets made right with God by who you are and what you've done how good your day has been, how good your week has been, how strong your testimony is. Nobody, nobody is saved by that. But then at the same time, don't think for one second that the work of salvation as it plays out in shaping and transforming your life and pushing through your life into a world, don't think for one second that you have no part to play in that. The salvation is a gift, but the ability for the transformation to work through your life into the world has everything to do with the decisions that we make. How we, as we love to say here at Crossroads, simply respond to Jesus. See, that simple response, you, when the Lord prompts you, you saying, okay, Lord, I am in. When the Lord says, I want you to stop doing what you're doing right now, and I want you to focus on this other thing, you can... Either say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do that. Or you can say, like my little Annabelle, no. And that impacts everything. And my prayer for us, each one of us, is that we learn how to simply respond to Jesus, that we realize that the transformation that was blood-bought by Jesus at the cross of Calvary, that that application to my life and how it flows through my life has everything to do with the decisions that I make everything to do with the decisions that you make. And this book, Philemon, we don't know how this story is going to end. Paul writes this letter, but we don't know what Philemon actually does. 
And that's an amazing thing, isn't it? Like, we're going to find Paul is encouraging this guy to do, and we have no clue what's going to happen. We never get like, this is how it ended. We'll have to wait for heaven. Be like, so what happened with Onesimus and Philemon? I mean, like, where did this thing land? But you know what's amazing? We might not know how this story is going to end, but you will actually see how the story of God's transformation will change your life if you are obedient in your own life. And I think there's some of you, I'm saying this right now, and you're saying, that's all I needed to hear today. That God's transformation in my life involves me responding in obedience. Because I think there's some of you right now that exactly what you're going through, it's because God wants to do something and you are not being obedient. You're saying no to the Lord. And I could tell you as someone who said no to the Lord enough in my life to tell you that when you say no to the Lord, it means that he's not the Lord. It means that you think that you are. Because no Lord is an oxymoron. It's not real. It's like, I'm going to use examples. I'll offend everybody if I call the examples that pop into my head of oxymorons. So I'm going to refrain from that. But you can't say no to the Lord if he's the Lord. See, if in your heart he is really the Lord, the only answer is what? Yeah. But I also realized that for each one of us, the ability to be obedient, it needs encouragement too, doesn't it? Because like what we do in our home is like, remember Annabelle? Do you want to go, mom? Yeah. Are you going to listen? No. Well, if you listen, we'll get you a donut. <laughs> and guess what happens? She snaps too. Cute little face, you know. And she comes back, she got chocolate all over her face. And in a lot of ways, I just want to give you a donut for your obedience today. Because what you find when the Lord has something he wants to do and we respond with joyful obedience, when that happens, you know what the donut of your obedience to God's promptings is? It's the kingdom of God happening in your life. And I'm here to tell you that when the kingdom of God happens in your life, things change really quickly because all of a sudden you realize this is what life is really about. It's not about all this other stuff. Life is really about my life being the scene of where Jesus touches into the world through me, even though I have nothing going for me except for Jesus. Does it make sense? And I think for many of us as followers of Jesus, what you're missing right now in your world is that your life is not the scene where Jesus touches down through your hands and feet. And I think the reason that doesn't happen is not because you don't love Jesus, but because you are choosing not to walk obediently to God's revealed plans for you. And I think that this is so huge because really what I want, when we talk here at Crossroads, that because Jesus is real, we're a family of faith, fully engaged, transforming our community and our world. We say that because what we know is that if all of us were to simply respond to Jesus and God gives us this great, amazing grace and we respond to it in obedience, then all of us become the place where transformation happens. 
And I believe that our community and our world has yet to see what it looks like for a church, a group of people, a congregation of people who come together as a family to all be the place where the kingdom of God is having not just a crowd or not just a large auditorium, but people where Jesus is flowing through, where there's feet getting put on our faith. And all of a sudden, not only are we being transformed, but everyone we come in contact with is getting touched by the gospel. And that's exactly what the book of Acts is like, isn't it? All that by way of introduction. Are you excited? You can tell I'm a little excited, right? Okay, so let's pick up. Philemon, I'm going to pick this message up in verse 12, but I want to start in verse 10, just to get the flow of what's going on. He says this in Philemon, verse 10. I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I am sending him back. You therefore receive him, that is, my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed might not be by compulsion, but as it were voluntary, for perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever." No longer as a slave, but more than a slave. A beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Now, I want to pick up where I left off last message by simply saying that sometimes God's ways are crazy. Sometimes God's ways are crazy. And in this story, what Paul is doing, it seems not to make a whole lot of sense. And if you were at the last message, I shared about my friend Chaim Kalkstein, who got very upset about the Apostle Paul. This is an Orthodox Jewish man who got very upset about the Apostle Paul because the Apostle Paul broke the law, the Torah, by sending a runaway slave back, right? And that's exactly what Paul is doing. Verse 12, I am sending him back. Now, that prohibition comes in Deuteronomy, verse 23, verses 15 and 16. You shall not give back to his master the slave who has escaped from his master to you. He may dwell in your midst in the place which he chooses within one of your gates where it seems best to him, you shall not oppress him. So in Deuteronomy, it tells us that when a slave escapes, you should not send him back. You should give him a safe place to be. You shall not oppress him by sending a runaway slave back. But here the Apostle Paul says, listen, Onesimus, whom I begotten chains, who had become unprofitable to you. Remember, his name Onesimus literally means useful. So this idea of he had become unprofitable, now he's profitable again, it's a play on his name. He's like, Onesimus, he was useful, but then he became unuseful because he ran away, and now he's made useful again, right? And this runaway slave, he's like, I'm sending him back to you. Now, doesn't that sound crazy? You might say to yourself, I mean, imagine if this happened here at church. Now, I realize that we don't have slaves and stuff or any of that kind of stuff, but imagine if you're at church and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, man, so there's this guy, his name is Onesimus. He just came to know Jesus. God's doing a great work in his life, and he's a runaway slave. And Fusco sent him back. How would everyone respond? I mean, you can't even decorate the stage without people responding. Imagine if I send a runaway slave back. 
I mean, this is church, you know what I mean? It's like, we don't even believe in slavery. We don't even believe in this indentured servitude that this guy is in, and he's getting sent back. People be like, how dare he? Who does he think he is? That is just wrong. I mean, the church would leave. People would start new churches and split the church. The whole thing would go on. But God's ways sometimes are crazy. Why? Because Paul is not sending this slave back for him to get his just punishment. There's something new going on. There's this transformation that's happened. Look what he says, verse 12. You therefore receive him, that is, my own heart, whom I wished to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I want to do nothing, that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. See, Paul's like, look, I'm sending him back to you, but I want you to receive him as my own heart, because I really wanted to keep him here. Now listen, retaining a slave couldn't be done in the Roman world without the owner's consent. He's like, look, I love this guy. This is my son in the faith, and I want to keep him here so he can minister to me for you. But he says, but I'm going to send him back to you. Why? He says, because I want you to do this voluntarily. And it's amazing. He's setting the table for Philemon to act in extraordinary faith and obedience, to act against a culture that would have said, you're a runaway slave. When he comes back, you can beat him senseless because that's what happened in that culture. They were completely at the mercy of their master. And he's saying, but I want you to receive him, not because I tell you to, but because I want you to want to. And my friends, you got to love Paul's pastoral heart here because he's saying, look, I can't make you do it. Although he said, I can kind of make you do it because of who I am and my authority. He's like, but I actually want you to want to do this. And you got to love that because the apostle Paul realized he can bring the hammer down, the apostolic authority down. But he actually wants the transformation that Jesus did to be something that Philemon owns on his own. It's amazing to me how crazy God's ways can be sometimes. And I just want to encourage you in the craziness of your own life, when things get really crazy, I want you just to remember two words, but God. Because what I have found is in the craziest places in my life, God has been doing something. And if I'm not careful, I'm going to miss what God is up to in the craziness times. See, You can imagine Onesimus being like, Paul, what are you doing? Like, I thought you loved me. I thought you were my son. You're going to send me back. Philemon is mad. I mean, when Philemon sees me, I don't know how he's going to react. And Paul's like, no, no, listen, it's going to be fine. It's not going to be fine. Do you ever have those situations where something you're freaking out and someone's like, it's going to be fine. It is not fine, right? I'm the only one who's ever had that feeling. No, all of you, right? I love it. No, I don't love it. I want to kill somebody when they say that to me. Like, I'm all, like, worked up, and they're just like, it's fine. It's not fine. Why would I be acting like this if it's fine? You know? And you can, like, you can imagine this whole situation is craziness. But in verse 15, look at what happens. It's so beautiful. For perhaps he departed for a while, for this purpose, that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. See, God's ways are crazy, 
But this guy's been transformed into family. Paul's saying, Philemon, maybe this guy ran away so that he would get saved. Maybe this guy ran away not doing what he was supposed to do that you might be able to receive him forever, not as a slave, not in this temporary office that he holds because he is in servitude because of whatever the issues of his life is, but a beloved brother. And my friends, this is the power of the good news of Jesus, the gospel. This is why we believe, because this guy who was unprofitable, who's done everything wrong in his life, and is on the lamb, he's running, now all of a sudden he becomes a family member of God. And you know what's amazing? The same's true for you. The same's true for Philemon. See, Philemon was not always in the family of God. Along life's way, the gospel reached this man and he got transformed. He was a runaway slave, like all of us in our rebellion, and now he's been transformed to be a child of God. And it's the same for Philemon, it's the same for Onesimus, it's the same for me, and it's the same for you. Listen, none of us, none of us were ever not Onesimus in our lives. All of us were runaways from God. That's the rebellion of the human condition, that all of us were on the run. We took our lives, we say, my life is my own, I'm going to run. Even those of you who grew up in Christian homes, you know what it's like to be a little bit on the run. Yeah, you've always known about Jesus, but you are on the run from him, trying to live your own life your own way, trying to get at the things that you want. But along the way, the gospel reached you. And the gospel transformed you. Think of 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called what? Children of God. See, what is beautiful is that Onesimus... And Philemon is just like you and me, that we are runaway slaves. We've been received back home by Jesus, and then he sends us back out. That is Christianity, my friends, that you and I were lost. God found us, and then God sends us back into the places that we were lost as his hands and feet. Jesus is Thanks for sticking around today as Pastor Daniel explained that Jesus wants to do a great transforming work in your life. And what he can do is totally amazing. Just like Onesimus, you were a runaway lost and separated from the Lord. But he brought you back and restored those relationships so that you could go back out as his spokesperson. God wants you to be his hands and feet to reach out to the people around you with his love and grace. I want to thank you so much for listening to Jesus is Real program. And I realize that there are many of you, you're not a born again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I want to begin to follow Jesus. I want to help you do that right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. So if that's you, if you're saying yes to Jesus for the very first time, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. And we all said together, 
Amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I want to know that you did it, though, because I want to help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400, and my team will get in touch with you. We want to get some more resources in your hands to help you on this journey. Now, my team, we want to share some stuff with you, so don't go anywhere. Thanks, Pastor Daniel. You know, the Bible says that when one person comes to Jesus, the angels in heaven rejoice. And we rejoice with them today if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel. Again, to receive some resources that are going to help you in this new journey with Jesus, take out your mobile phone right now and text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share that it's easy to forget how much God has done in your life. You'll be reminded that you needed to be rescued, just like Onesimus. You were far from God, and he brought you back and changed your life. Pastor Daniel will caution you that it's easy to slide into the thinking like a Pharisee by losing sight of Jesus and looking down on those who are still lost. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Little is the New Big. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.